You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Perseverance, perseverance. That's that's the word of the year for us at Awaken Church. And and if you've been with us uh, for a while, you've heard this as a repeated theme, this perseverance. And here's how we've defined perseverance. Becoming more like Jesus through the struggle. Because if there's anything that, that life shows us, especially this past year uh, that we've been in, um, that there is a struggle. And, and we have to have faith in order to continue to persevere. And so we see perseverance as, you know what, we're becoming more like Jesus through the struggle. But but the question comes to us now, how do you continue on in faith when experience and your circumstances may say this is a dead end? Give up hope. Scrap it all. Have you been there? Have you been at places where, where we've been, obviously, in the past year, questioning, is this a dead end? Do we? Is it time to give up? Do we just scrap it all? How do we continue to persevere? Well, faith. Faith is one of these words. That it can mean uh, different things depending on the context of uh, uh, that you're using or who you're talking to. Because faith is most commonly defined in the church as assurance of, of things not seen. And you may or may not have heard that, that definition before, but that is kind of the working, def, the working church definition for faith. Assurance of things not seen. So, so faith sometimes is used to talk about what you believe. Like, what, what faith are you? Or saying something like, well, I am the, I'm of the Christian faith. Those kind of things. Faith in God probably is usually understood as believing that God exists, like that he, that he is. That's usually the common understanding of what it means to have faith in God. Well, just believing that God exists. So understanding what faith is and what it isn't empowers us to live the life God has planned for us, even when it gets tough. And so today we're going to look at a story found in the New Testament in the Gospel of Mark. So if you have a Bible, turn to Mark chapter 5. And in this story, we're going to see someone who who listened to their faith and persevered even when it got tough. So context of the story. Jesus has crossed this huge lake uh, with his disciples. And and when he got to the other side of this huge lake, he healed this demon-possessed man, which uh, resulted in like this herd of 2,000 pigs drowning themselves in the lake. And so... That happens, and then Jesus just goes back across the lake. And so that's that's kind of what's what has led up to this particular thing that Jesus is talking about. So he begins in chapter 5 of Mark, verse 21. Jesus got, got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a huge crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Please heal her so so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from, uh, from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. 
Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing against you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came, fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, Your daughter's dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. These are his like closest disciples. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. And the crowd laughed at him. But he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her in hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. All right. Man, what an interesting, fantastic story, right? Here's our big idea. Listening to your faith breaks the grip of fear. That, that, that fear that keeps you from moving forward, that, that fear that keeps you from, from, from really living the life that you always wanted to live, that life that God created you to live, the fear. Listening to your faith breaks the grip of that fear. And so let's talk about faith. I mean, a few thoughts I want to camp out on, uh, kind of building on this big idea today. The first is this. We have to have you know, faith that's actually louder than the voice of reason. The voice of faith within us needs to be louder than the voice of reason. Because reason has its place. It does. I mean, we, don't, we, we, we do need the voice of reason. I, I'm not going to say, you know, throw reason out. But usually faith that leads you into a life that you dream of, the life that God has planned for you, requires faith that's louder than the voice of reason. Here's an example. (laughs) We've been told the voice of reason has said you can't start a church in your living room. The voice of reason said to us you can't plant a church with college students. We had the voice of reason said you can't have a multicultural church in this community. It just won't work. How do you know when to listen to the voice of reason and when to move in faith? Well, here's Jarius, a leader in the synagogue. And the best way we, we have to really understand, would he's pretty much a pastor at a church, basically. I mean, with the leader of the synagogue, he's basically kind of like a pastor of a church. Only in this culture, his position meant he had much more power and prominence in society than, than a church pastor does today. Much of the culture centered around the synagogue. And Jarius is, the, is a well-respected leader of the community. And so this well-respected leader of the community, he's facing a very real tragedy. Jesus, uh, Jarius was in a position to have the best health care coverage for his family, the best insurance, the best primary care physicians. And they brought him this report. There's nothing else we can do. He's got the best of the best on his team at his disposal. There's nothing else we can do. And when, uh, and when all the professionals said there's no hope, 
Jarius put his faith in Jesus. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. You see, here's what happens. See, you, you will get this message sometimes that there's no hope. There's nothing else we can do. And Jarius shows us that you have to listen to your faith even when it doesn't make sense because faith often makes a fool of what makes sense. So Jarius met Jesus and invited him into his home. Jarius said, lay your hands on my daughter and I know she will be healed. He didn't say perhaps. He didn't say maybe or I think it might happen. He said, I know. I know. Imagine the crowd. How <laughs> Certainly they had some faith in Jesus, but they're hearing these words, I know. And they're thinking, he knows? <laughs> How does he know? How does he know? How does such a dignified person Come to Jesus with tears in his eyes and say, everyone says there's no hope. Everyone says that, 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 that there's nothing else we can do. But Jesus, if you come into my home, I know. Crying out to God can appear undignified to those around you. Jarius had to get out of that comfort zone of he is this dignified leader in the community, synagogue leader. He's a, he's a political leader, a religious leader. He's a, he's, a, he's a community leader. And this was a dignified thing. And he had to get out of that. He had to get out of that comfort zone of that and, and realize that crying out to God can appear undignified to those around you. And, and there's no way to be dignified with tears streaming down your face as you're down on your knees in prayer. And on the other side of the answer, prayer is praise. And when you come face to face with Jesus in the middle of your storm, when you have faith that says, despite the odds, Jesus, if you will just come into my home, you realize Jesus is enough for what you're going through and that he is the one who brings you through. And I understand what it is going going on when someone, when someone shouts praises to God. I understand what's going on there. When someone's shouting praises to God, I've been there. And I know what it's like when you can no longer sit when everyone else is sitting. But you've got to stand. You've got to move. You've got to go. When your faith is louder than the voice of reason, you will be like Jarius, and you will fall down and worship at Jesus' feet, and then you will jump up and dance for joy at answered prayer. Because, see, Jesus is attracted to faith. That may be a strange thing to think about, but, but Jesus is attracted to faith. It's interesting that Mark, who, who, who writes this, this gospel, he doesn't record that Jesus said anything to Jairus like, you know, calm down, chill, bro. <laughs> it just says Jesus went with him. This is, this is how we begin the journey with Christ. We begin by simply desiring Jesus to walk with us and invite him into our home. That's how we begin this journey. This journey of faith that we need. And we need a faith that's louder than the voice of reason. And a faith that's stronger than the voice of reality. See, there's a voice of reason speaking within us, but there's also the voice of reality. Reality is, COVID is real. <laughs> Has been real, still is real. COVID-19. My parents both got COVID-19. And my dad with uh, several other health issues and conditions, it, it wasn't good. It's actually, he told the story about a night that he almost died, and he thought he did. He thought he was. He told. He said. He says, and this is my dad's story to tell, not mine, but he is my dad. And he said he he had like the reality was set in. He's like, I'm going to go to sleep, and I'm not going to wake up. He's he was just that sick. And he says, I told, I, told, I told your mom, I told my wife goodbye. I, said, I told her goodnight, goodbye. But this is it. 
and he was healed. I mean, he he was he had a there was a faith. I mean, there was the voice of reality said this is it, but yet there's still faith, a glimmer of faith, a small bit of faith. Have you ever experienced a harsh reality? What role did faith play during that time? So, so Jesus is going with Jairus to his home. Everything's according, going according to plan, and then there's an interruption. An interruption. A woman who's been sick like 12 years with an incurable illness touches Jesus, stopping him in his tracks. Why didn't Jesus keep walking? I mean, she's healed, right? I mean, she's healed. Her, her, her needs are met. Her needs are met. Why didn't Jesus just keep going? Because Jairus' daughter's still waiting. Jairus is, is like, Jesus is with me, and he's stopping for this person. Jesus had this amazing encounter with this woman, and Jairus got to witness it. Jairus got to experience something more than stories he had heard about Jesus. He saw faith in action firsthand. This woman, listening to her faith, stepped out of her, her, her comfort zone, stepped out of the world in which she was in for 12 years, reached out for Jesus. Then the messengers come from home. Jairus, your daughter has died. You don't need to bother Jesus anymore. Don't, but you don't need to bother him any longer. See, when the voice of reality says it's over, Jesus says, follow me. The interruption, the interruption didn't happen to harm Jairus. The fact that Jesus said, wait, wait, I'm doing something else first, wasn't to weaken Jairus' faith, faith, but it was an opportunity to strengthen it. Waiting on Jesus' timing, even through interruptions, helps take the focus off the problem and places it on God's plan. And I'm still learning this. Viewing interruptions as a gift, (laughs) an opportunity to take my sights off myself, my needs, my plans, my desires, and refocus on the God who is more than enough, I'm still learning. But after all, God's plan for my day is much more better than mine, right? I would think it would be. I mean, it's God's plan. So when the messengers show up with the voice of reality, Jesus turns to Jairus and he says, don't let fear overwhelm you. Keep the same faith you had before you got this message. Don't let fear overwhelm you. Keep the same faith you had before you got this message. Jairus did. This may be where many of us miss the mark as believers in Jesus. See, The word of God went to Jairus immediately when the bad news arrived. When we receive bad news, we often spend time doing everything else before listening to to God's word speaking to us. We complain. We'll we'll try to figure it out. We try to ask certain people. We'll post about it on Facebook. And those are all okay. But we wait until our breaking point to go to Jesus. And see, Jairus had the word of God come straight to him as soon as he got that message. I believe God is speaking to us and and his his word is coming to us. As soon as we get the bad news, as soon as we get hit with the roadblock, as soon as we get smacked with reality, Jesus is right there saying, listen to me now. If you trust Jesus with your eternal soul, and I pray that you do, you can trust him with everything. Jairus saw a Jesus who who could restore health. So, So he had faith that the same Jesus could restore his life. Restore his daughter's life. When his situation went from bad to worse, he went with Jesus. What do you, what do you do when your situation goes from bad to worse? 
your marriage, your job, your children, your finances. Go to God's Word and walk with Jesus. See, we need a faith louder than the voice of reason and stronger than the voice of reality. And we need a faith that's ignited by the voice of revival. Ignited, like a faith that's been through the fire and is coming out alive on the other side. Let's define revival real quick. I'm sure you know what a revival is, but but there's a couple of definitions straight off of dictionary.com that may help us. One is revival is a period in which something becomes popular again after a long time. We're, you know, have been through this pandemic for over a year and now we are seeing the revival of some things. Things are becoming popular again after a long time. And another definition of revival, and this is so key for us, revival is the growth of something or an increase in the activity of something after a long period of no growth or activity. Do you need revival? Does your faith need revival? A question, a question is, are you as close to God, if not closer, than you were yesterday? Or, or how about last week or last year or last decade? And if you're not, why not? First, Jairus had asked Jesus to come with him, to come into his home. And now Jesus asked Jairus to walk with him as as he desires, despite the circumstances, to continue to Jairus' home. He's like, Jairus had said, Jesus, walk with me, come with me. And Jesus did. And now Jesus is saying, hey, you walk with me now. We're still going to the same destination, but now I'm leading the way. See, Jesus doesn't say that the negative situations we face aren't real. The situation with Jairus' daughter, it's all too real. Jesus can be trusted even when your circumstances change. Jairus' circumstances had changed for the worse, and he found what? Jesus can be trusted even when my circumstances change. Jesus says, do you trust me enough to walk with me? When the worst news comes, do you trust me enough to keep walking with me? Jesus went to Jairus, and now Jairus must go with Jesus. Are you following Jesus as your faith grows? Because as you follow Jesus, your faith grows. That's, that's, the re- that's the reality of it. As you follow Jesus, your faith grows. So the voices of reason and reality said, It's over, Jairus. Your daughter has, has died. There's, there's no need to walk with Jesus. You have plenty of money and power and resources, but not enough to overcome this problem. You, you're, you've gone through this fire. You've been through the fire. But Jesus is the voice of revival. Jesus approaches the, the place where the girls laid down. He proclaims, she isn't dead, only asleep. And the people laughed, like you do, right? Here's the thing. These people, in this story, they, they would have been paid mourners. This was, like a, this was a thing in this culture. They were paid mourners. They, they were either, either they were paid with food or money or whatever. This is what they did. They came to, pl- they, they, they came to places and they were paid to mourn. They had no real grief. They had no real concern. And Jesus knew this. So Jesus enters the room and, and only her parents and Peter and James and John. And he takes her hand and he says, my child, get up. And it says she walked around the room. And I'm thinking, walked? I'm thinking Mark used this word that, that translates as walked around the room. Why didn't he use the word that she probably really literally did? Jumping and shouting and dancing. Because I promise you, I promise you. When the dead is brought back to life, there is jumping and shouting and dancing. 
Jesus is hope for the hopeless and help for the helpless. So your situation, your situation may look dead and hopeless. And Jesus asks, will you walk with me? Your ears hear the voice of reason and your eyes see the real reality. But will you walk with me? And Jesus says, I can bring revival to your life and to this church. I can bring revival to this relationship. I can bring revival. Will you follow me? Listening to your faith breaks the grip of fear. So you can keep moving forward. So take the, take a next step. And here's a, here's a suggested next step for us all. Do a search. Search promises of God. You can Google it. You can go on your Bible app. You can, you know, you'll find, find a search and search promises of God. And then there you're going to discover scripture that strengthen your faith. And commit at least one passage to memory this week. I'm not saying, you know, go and memorize all these scriptures and try to memorize all the verses in the Bible about promises of God. But search for promises of God in, your, in the Bible and discover a scripture that strengthens your faith. And then take one of those, like, this really strengthens my faith, and commit that to memory. And you'll have it there ready for you when reason and reality start to speak louder than the voice of faith. And the voice of faith as you go through the fire, will be ignited into revival. Lord, revive us. Revive us. Revive our faith, Lord. Renew our faith. Strengthen. Refocus us. (laughs) Lord, re-energize us as we persevere. Give us faith, Lord, to persevere, to keep going. As a church, we say yes and amen, Jesus, as you have laid on our hearts. So be praying for seven new households in this season to become a part of Awakened Church. And Lord, now we're saying five because two have come along in the last two months. Now, Lord, we're praying five new households. And Lord, we're praying you would just lay on their heart, God. You would lay on their heart for some reason that, 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 that they are to check out Awakened Church. And Lord, that, that you are going to lead these people or by your Holy Spirit to become part of what you're doing here in, in, in this, this little church family in Natchitoches, Lord. As we continue to trust you, we're going to persevere in faith. And Lord, for each of us in our own lives, Lord, there, we may right now be facing something like Jarius. But Lord, if not, we may eventually, most likely, chances are we're going to face difficult, harsh times with difficult news we're going to get we're going to get the word at some point there's nothing else we can do and lord give us faith to persevere faith to keep trusting you and walking with you as you lead us so lord lead us now lead us now to scripture that encourage us in our faith and lord help us to 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 maintain in our memory, Lord, these words that will be readily available to us when we get smacked with reality, when we get hit with reason, that, Lord, we can go, you know what? I'm just going to trust you, God. I'm just going to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.